the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Glenn Beck. So we have uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She continues to sound like a college student uh, in an introduction to philosophy class full of misinformation and ridiculous analogies and, and downright mistruths. Now, oh, that's a nice word. Maybe in the old days when we used to call them lies. In a recent interview with PBS's Margaret Hoover, socialist. Oh, is that, is that a racist comment? Why would you use a racist comment? No, not racist. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, called Israel the occupiers of Palestine. Now, she was really flexing that degree that she has in international relations from Boston University. Then there's this. Well, I, th- I think the numbers that you just talked about is part of the problem, right? Because we look at these figures and we say, oh, unemployment is low. Everything is fine, right? Well, unemployment is low because everyone has two jobs. Unemployment is low because people are working 60, 70, 80 hours a week and can barely feed their kids. Okay. Now, those situations do exist in America. But as reported by PolitiFact, which awarded her uh, the label of pants on fire on this one, uh, on the uh, truth uh, meter, the Bureau of Labor Statistics keeps track of how many people work two jobs rather than just one. And over the past 12 months, the number of multiple job holders has ranged between six and seven million. That compares to more than 148 million Americans who are employed in a single job. The difference is, and not only outlandishly different from her claim, it is pretty wrong. Pretty wrong. If you look at the difference on a graph in comparison to the number of single job holders, the portion of multiple job holders barely appears. It's not anywhere close. In other words, you're you're misleading people. No, there he goes again. Why doesn't he just say lie? She's arrogantly uh, uh, stating a lie as if it is an undeniable fact. Now, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt that she just believes this, that she doesn't think she's lying. She's just misinformed. Here's Margaret Hoover's measured response. And so I do think that right now when we have this no-holds-barred, Wild West hyper-capitalism, what that means is profit at any cost. Capitalism has not always existed in the world, and it will not always exist in the world. When this country started, we were not a capitalist. We did not operate on a capitalist economy. You know, the the benefit of capitalism is that you engage in voluntary trade Mm -hmm. and that um, because it creates value, Mm -hmm. it is the system that, unlike all the others, has lifted more people out of poverty Mm -hmm. over the course of human history than any other system. Well, so I think that uh, those things that you talk about, that you discuss, are part of the course of human evolution. And so I would hope that the most recent economic system, our current economic system, is the one that is most beneficial for everyday people. Um, But what we're also starting to see is that, first of all, I think that when we talk about um, socialist or democratic, especially democratically socialist economies, (laughs) first of all, they're done with the full input of everybody. You vote. It's it's democratic. So if something is not a good idea, it doesn't get voted for ideally. 
Um, Hitler was voted for. Hitler won an election. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? And I don't even understand your claim here that America was not founded as a capitalist society. What are you talking about? Wealth of nations. What are now? See, you could say that she doesn't know anything about Israel. She could not answer the question on Israel. She got completely confused on it. Now you could say, well, she probably doesn't know anything until you find out she has her degree in foreign relations. Then you could say, okay, well, she has her degree in foreign relations. She doesn't really know how the economy works, that you don't count. That's not how the unemployment number works. Well, there's uh, there's uh, less people unemployed because they're working two jobs. That's not the way that works. Well, she doesn't know because she has her degree in foreign uh, foreign affairs. No, she also has another degree in economics. Was she listening in these classes? No, no, sorry. I know the answer to that. She was listening closely in those classes. This is the garbage that they teach. When, when will we have the courage to say, I'm sorry, I'm not sending my child to your university because it's completely corrupt? For some reason, I, I get the impression she's never set foot in a socialist country. The only thing uh, that you have to say about Ocasio-Cortez uh, 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 is what she has to say. Listen. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response, were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Oh. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Sorry, I thought that was that was from Billy Madison. I thought that was from the interview. It's Friday, July 20th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. <sighs> saw this study yesterday. Since 2009, a growing number of Americans have died from liver disease and liver cancer. The increased number of among 25, 34-year-olds is especially troubling because uh, people are dying from excessive drinking. So, in other words, what we are, uh, what we're experiencing here is more and more Americans are drinking themselves to death. And you know what? Sometimes I'm thinking to myself, that's not a bad way to go. That's not a bad way to go. I mean, pour yourself a glass of Jack Daniels. I saw the deal on Yellowstone a couple of days ago. And uh, Pat and I were talking about it. We're like, wow. I mean, that's two-thirds of the country that would be uninhabitable. Two-thirds of the country you couldn't even live in if that thing blows. And one of the first thoughts I had was, oh, come on. Just do it. <laughs> Just bring it on. Stop, stop threatening us with the with the volcano. Just do it. <laughs> Let me move. You know, can I move to Nebraska so I can be closer? Just do it. At least we wouldn't have to listen to Ocasio Cortez anymore. Oh my gosh, I can't. I don't know how <sighs> much 
I don't know. You, by the way, did you hear what Elizabeth Warren said? Elizabeth Warren, she doubled down. She she actually came out and said, "No, no, no. It's not. It's not. People have two jobs. It's a growing number of Americans have to have four jobs." <laughs> what? She literally doubled it. She doubled it. Literally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Four jobs. Yeah, you have to have four jobs. Now. Okay. Wow. Okay. So I don't. Wow. I'm, it's bad. You ever, you ever met anybody with four jobs? I never have. I don't think I know a single person in my entire life that's ever worked four jobs. I I have three. Maybe Ryan Seacrest. Yeah. I okay. Ryan three. Seacrest <laughs> has like 12. Yeah. He's taken every high paying job in yeah. the entertainment industry. Right. Uh, but come on. I mean, it's not because Ryan Seacrest has to. Right. It's not like, oh right. my gosh, I'm living in America. I have to have 12 jobs just to play, pay for my airplane. <laughs> I mean, you, know, like, you don't really have a, a problem with that. I mean, I know this exists. I know there are people that have, you know, have to have multiple but jobs. Come on, that is the exception rather than the yes, rule. It is. As, yes, it is. As are people working two jobs. The same person with two jobs is an exception rather than the rule. The rule is most of us have one job. Correct. We do one job. And and that's and quite honestly, I mean, if you've listened to this show or you've been out anywhere in America and most of us do that one job pretty poorly, yeah. uh, yes. <laughs> you know, we're not we're not really, uh, you know, it's uh, I'm I'm putting in, you know, 110 uh, percent, you know, 65. I'm giving you 65 percent. You go to some places and you're like, could you give me could you give me 20 percent? Could you just. Come into work today and just give me 20%. Does that mean I have to sit down at my desk? Well, you know, just for a little while. Just for a little while. Pretend you're doing something. Open up the laptop. Mm-hmm. Try not to play a game all day. You know? Just try that one. Give me 20%. You've already given me 10. You're here. Let's go. One more step. It's a lot to ask. Well, it's a lot to ask, especially if you're drinking yourself to death. Yeah, well, increasingly, we are. So we got that going for us, too. I mean, that, that way, way. I mean, seriously, Pat, you and I could spend another 20 years doing this, talking about the problems, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to just beating our head against the wall, looking at them. Or we could just go to a bar. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm having a hard time balancing this one. Uh, it's just me. Uh, so we've smashed a heat record from 1925. Um, now, this is this is not like we've we've been experiencing a heat wave here in in Texas and uh, it's global warming. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. it's clearly global warming. And uh, it's it's hot as the fires of hell here because it's one hundred and ten. And it has humidity. You know how they always say in Phoenix, yeah, well, it's 117, but there's no humidity, so it only feels like 110. Yeah, 110 is hot. It's like, I lived in Phoenix. It's like standing in front of an open oven. You don't want to live your life that way. Here, you know, hey, you know, 110, but it has no humidity, so it feels like 95. 
I don't even know if the heat index counts what it feels like at 110 with humidity. Yeah, it's only 110, but it feels like 158. It is so hot here. And I have a feeling that all these people from California who have enjoyed their rolling blackouts, uh, they're coming here and they're like, oh, it's so hot and I can use my air conditioner. And we don't have rolling blackouts. I mean, it's There's great. a reason for that, too. <laughs> they're not going to like the reason, are no, they? No, they're not. No, they're not. No. Uh, for anyone new to Texas, um, we are on the free market system here. And let me explain how the free market system works, because I know in California, when you live there with the rolling blackouts, you had rolling blackouts because you weren't on the free market system. Here, everything works because it is on the free market system. And here's what the free market means. When there is a bigger demand for a limited resource, the price goes up. So kilowatt hours are not regulated here. The price of kilowatt hours like they are in California. That's why you have brownouts and blackouts and why Texas doesn't. Because I don't even know. I think I gave them my car to keep my air conditioning yesterday. I I have a feeling that's about what it. I don't even want to open it. Because this is the highest kilowatt hours we've ever used. It's priced by the usage. I don't even know what the ceiling is. I don't, I don't know that there is one. I'm not sure. I don't know if there not is sure, one. sure, but boy, uh, Texas may go through a deep depression. Uh, we may all drink ourselves to death next month. Yeah, when the bill comes when in. When the bill comes in, because I, yeah. I can't even imagine. Yeah, it's going to be pricey. It's already pretty high. Yeah. And then and then when it hits peak demand, it gets really high, staggeringly high. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, the good thing is there's, what, 16,000 square feet in this four-story room? Um, yeah, well, you mean in the 70,000 square foot building? Yeah. Yeah. And this room that we're sitting in is literally and forced. And we keep it at about 60 degrees? Yeah. So, that's going to be a bargain i'm thinking so i just want to tell the daily beast i am selling my house just to pay for the air conditioning (laughs) i can't even imagine i was in here yesterday and last night we did this uh we did this special at eight o'clock and one of the guys on set was was sweating really badly and it was 65 degrees in the studio um but he was still sweating and uh, I thought to myself, I know he was thinking, oh, you got to turn down the air conditioning. And I'm like, dude, give me the keys to your car and I'll make it colder in here. Mm. Temperature of the sidewalk yesterday was 136 degrees in Texas. You see that that's they recommended you don't walk your dog. Yeah, for that reason, it yeah. will burn their paws. Literally burn their paws on the my, sidewalk. My uh, my dogs, they go outside. They love to go outside. My dogs go outside and they just. I open the door and they look at me now like, "Good God, man! No, I'm wearing a fur coat. <laughs> I'm not going out there. What's wrong with you?" Uh, Simply safe. 
Uh, Simply Safe will give you the best service and the best product to be able to keep your home safe and sound, protect the stuff inside your house that includes your kids and your family. Simply Safe um, is unlike any other of these um, alarm systems. The alarm systems that you have now, this is that's old technology, and it's the old way of doing business. Stop it. Stop going to the people like Wells Fargo, and it's only $50 a month. Oh, $50 a month. And how long is that contract? And how long am I paying for it? How long am I paying for a system that costs you about 200 bucks, 300 bucks to put in? And I'm only paying $50 a month for five years. Well, that's great. It's a scam. And you're in a contract. And if you don't want to do business with them, then you have to switch. And they're going to come in and use another system. It's awful. Well, welcome to the 2000s. Simply Safe is completely wireless. It is top of the line. You own it. You won't believe the price. Because you have paid for your system over and over and over again, when you look at what it actually costs, it's go- you're gonna you're gonna be mad. You're gonna be mad. Um, so here's the thing: don't be mad. Look at the price. Be mad at those people, and just say, "I'm not gonna be mad ever again." And go with Simply Safe, where their 24/7 monitoring without a contract is fifteen dollars a month. Hello. Protect yourself today with simplysafebeck.com. Go there now, save 10% off your system. It's simplysafebeck.com. Glenn Beck. I really don't trust people who like the heat. You know, I really, I, people, and I say that I'm married to a, 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 a woman who loves the heat, and I, I don't know why I trust her, because generally speaking, if you're one of these people like, oh, I like it hot. I like it hot, especially at night. What's wrong with you? I can't even imagine what life was like without air conditioning. Anybody who says, oh, you know, capitalism, air conditioning, air conditioning. That was a capitalist move. Air conditioning. I can't live without it. I, I would, I swear to you, I've said this before. I don't think that our, I don't think our big military heroes in the Revolutionary War, in the Civil War, etc. I don't think that they were that brave. They just didn't have aspirin. <laughs> so can you imagine a world without even aspirin? How cranky you would be all the time. You hit 30, you get a first ache. There's not even an aspirin. You're like, just kill me now. Can we go to war and just kill each other? Just kill me. Come up with an excuse. I'll be really brave. I just want to die. Imagine. I can't imagine that. Every time I think of of uh, socialists and people who say, you know, America sucks. I think of anesthesia and air conditioning. I think those are two and indoor toilets. Those are three things. That is enough for me to say, yeah, there's there's social injustice. Yeah, but there's indoor plumbing, there's in there's air conditioning and there's painkillers. So I'm pretty good. We're ahead of the game. We're ahead of the game. Just with those three things. Yeah, we really are. We really are. Think about what we're complaining. We're not living in a cave. 
You know, you're Osama bin Laden. You really better believe in some kind of God because it's hot and stuffy in those caves, I'm guessing. Back in a minute. Hello and welcome to the program. It's Friday and Mr. Bill O'Reilly, who's on vacation uh, in uh, in Ireland, uh, called up about midweek and is like, okay, I've had enough of this vacation. Can I do the show on Friday? <laughs> yeah. So he's going to give us his view and what a view it should be from over in the United Kingdom about what happened uh, with uh, with Putin and uh, with Donald Trump. So that's coming up in about a half an hour. Bill O'Reilly. Let me go to James in New York. Hello, James. You're on the Glenbeck program. Hey, Mr. Peck, man, it is an honor to speak with you. I've been listening to you for years. Thank you. 33. Oh, yeah, no, no, I was raised a uh, homeschooler, and uh, everything you say, I totally relate with everything. You're Thank uh, you. an incredible human being. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw your um, crypto show last night, and it was fabulous, with, because with the way the market's been, it, uh been freaking out having an air conditioner oh my gosh yeah you have no idea yeah, yeah. I, I me and my cousin decided that we wouldn't listen to anybody who has gray hair about cryptocurrencies just because they're usually pretty stubborn about the change well no wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute i've got well mine's yeah. white mine's white you're just so white it's just a ticket doesn't have hair but it's okay uh no I, I actually didn't listen to you because i told myself i wouldn't and and i sold a house and invested all of it and um oh wow and what wait, where did you yeah. buy it at what'd you buy it at um well i actually ended up buying ethereum and i traded it for other coins i, I, I can i give you some numbers or no yeah yeah go ahead go go ahead well i put in 80 grand uh-huh. for a short period of time it was worth over two hundred thousand. Uh-huh. and now it's worth about 36 <gasps> oh wow yeah I know, right? It was, it's been a wild white knuckle ride, but I still have a lot of confidence. And watching the show last night really boosted me, and I was like, "Oh, thank God!" It did me too. I tell you, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> you know, I'm not. Holy moly! I, I I I didn't put my house money into it, so I can't relate to you. But uh, you know, because I your stress level is probably a little higher than mine. Um, yeah, but no kidding. Uh, but but I will tell you this. Uh, uh, I watched uh, I, I watched it with Tika. You know, obviously I was doing it, but I was listening to Tika last night, and I was I was so confident uh, on on this. I really truly believe uh, this is 1920, and Bitcoin is AT and T stock. It's just you know, it's it's one of those things that if you buy it now and you hold it now, it's going to be one of those things that it's going to be a wild ride. Sometimes it is. Yeah, it's because going to be a white knuckler. If you look at, he showed the charts last night, or I don't know if we even got to it, but there was charts of Apple, Microsoft, uh, and Amazon. And if you saw those crashes that happened really early on in those companies, uh, a lot of people sold. I mean, mm-hmm. Tika sold. Mm-hmm. Tika sold uh, Apple at maybe $200, or I, I can't remember what it was, but he sold it, and he was like, oh, this is a good move. I got a lot of money on this. I don't know how many millions he lost by taking it out. It's technology is, this is not pets.com. This is the internet. So, so James, how, how, I know you want to believe, but how much do you believe his prediction last night? Oh, man, I'm just crossing my fingers that something happens in the next couple of months. But uh, anything would be better than where it's at right now. But if you're going to buy, now is absolutely the time to do it because it's so low and it's about to go crazy. So yeah. I'm excited about it. Good. I have a couple of small coins that I've invested in, but uh, whew, it's rough. 
Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the faith, brother. Keep the faith. Thank you so much. Sometimes yeah. the people with the gray hair know some things. Like, don't invest money that you can't afford to lose. And then it's not quite as wild a ride. You know? Yeah, well, you know, I the reason why I didn't get into, you know, and, and Tika didn't make this better for me. Because Mark Andreessen, if you know who Mark Andreessen is, I mean, Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, early, um, uh, you know, Bitcoin uh, started, I think, Coinbase. And I'm sitting in his office this six years ago, and he's like, Glenn, you got to get into cryptocurrency. And all I hear is Warren Buffett saying, don't buy things that you don't understand. And I'm like, I don't really understand, you know, cryptocurrency. And he explained it. And I was kind of like, I still don't really understand it. Uh, And again, Warren Buffett, don't buy things you don't understand. You know, I've kind of I understand that I do. And I get that. Um, But I also that would keep me off an airplane, you know, because Don't buy things like a ticket to fly because you can explain to me how the wind, it goes over the curved part of the wing slower than it does on the bottom of the flat part of the wing. And that's what provides a 747 lift so we can I under I don't understand that I, I can I can connect the dots, but I'd never get onto an airplane if I had to. Oh, yeah. No, I I understand that. Yeah, sure. I got it. I don't understand that. And I should have I, I, I should have bought earlier. But his point last night was um, and he he has some real credibility with me because I've been watching him for a while. And uh, and he said three months ago, he came in and he said, hey, Glenn, I want you to do a deal with me. Um, and uh, and because around the middle of July, uh, cryptocurrencies are going to turn. And I said, oh, re- really? Because I'm freaking out. And he said, uh, no, they're going to turn around in July. And I want to do a deal then, blah, blah, blah. Well, he said it would turn around the uh, middle or end of July. This week, middle of July, it's already up 15%. Uh, and he has a reason for it. And if you missed the show, I guess you can probably still watch it at BetCryptoShow.com. I don't even know, but I think you could probably still watch it there. Um, but he had a really good reason for uh, for his prediction, which is $40,000. Bitcoin at $40,000 by the end of the year. This year. Uh, that makes that makes it a pretty good investment at, what, 7400 Is that where it is right now? Yeah. Right around there somewhere. Yeah. And you don't it's have a, to buy one. You don't have to. Right. I mean, you can put $200 in it. Sure. But if you could buy one. Right. You know, it's a lot. More I money. tried. I literally tried to talk about it. I said, this is suicide, Tika. What are you doing? Don't know. I mean, you could say $40,000, but you're putting a time limit on it. You're saying it's going to be done by the, by the end of the year. And he's like, yep. And I'm like, have you thought about tapping that down? <laughs> you know, if you think it's going to do 40, say 20. You look like a superhero. And he's like, I have tapped it down. I said, what? And he said, I honestly think it's going to hit 65, but I'm tapping it down. I, wow. I, I, I feel very comfortable saying 40. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's You're, amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> How awesome would that be? Uh, if, of course, you've invested by now. Which, 
which you I which I have haven't done yet. <laughs> <laughs> Today's the day, though. Today's is the it? day. It is the really? day. Yeah, I'm going. Are you to. seriously? Yeah, you really are. Uh huh. Yes. So I'm if, checking Monday. If that means I'm checking Monday. If that means everybody else is getting out, this is the time to do it because today's the day I'm getting into this. Because I've always said, as soon as I get in, it's going to tank. <laughs> well, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's already over. tanked forty percent. But you know, he showed me the charts, and this is this was a really heart uh, heart. This is a really heartwarming place to be if you've invested in Bitcoin. Okay, so he showed me the charts. It has had five crashes of thirty percent just this year. Okay. Wow. Five crashes of 30% mm-hmm. this year. Crashes are a part of all technology at this point. All right. Mm-hmm. At this stage of the game. Um, you have to think 1920 AT&T uh, or 1990 uh, Microsoft. And uh, so they've had five crashes. Um, if you would have invested in any of the crashes, I think in the last two years, if you would have bought... At the peak, now not counting this one, because there's no big crash after this one yet, okay? So if you go from peak to peak, and you buy at the peak over the last, what, three years. And so, you know, you buy at the peak right before the enormous crash, and then it goes up again, and you buy at the peak, enormous crash. If you buy at the peak each time, your, you make money because the next peak is higher than the one that you bought it at. And the next crash is higher than the, uh, higher than the last peak. So in other words, wow. So in other words, if it goes up to 60,000, mm-hmm. if it continues on this, this model that it's on, has been on for the last few years, mm-hmm. If you bought it at 19 and you're sitting here going, oh, it's a crash. Hold on because that's going to come down. It will go 40, 50, 60, and then it should crash after it hits its high. Then it should crash 25. So you're still higher than you were. And that's it just keeps Mm -hmm. going up like that. Mm -hmm. I hope. Yeah, that, well, that's obviously the theory, and it's worked so far. He also, the reason why he thinks this is he showed um, what everybody was saying. And remember when Jamie Dimon came out and said, I will fire anybody. I will fire anybody in this company that buys uh, Bitcoin mm-hmm. because uh, cryptocurrencies are going to zero. Yeah, then uh, it went down 24%, and they started buying uh and then that J.P. That, Morgan Chase started buying it for their clients. Yeah, they started buying. They started buying. Uh, he just said it's going to zero and I'll fire anybody who buys it at J.P. Morgan Chase or sells it at J.P. Morgan Chase. That weekend, they opened up a desk to start buying cryptocurrencies. And his point was, this is this is how the rich get rich, get richer. They are transferring the wealth. They're telling everybody who's in it, don't buy it, don't buy it. And he showed it happening in 1992, 1989, or 19, uh, uh, sorry, 1998, just after 2000, and now this. They always do this. All of these big people come in, 
and the market crashes and they say, don't, it's not, it's not even worth what it's at now. But then they're buying it at that point while they're still trying to scare everybody else off. Then they turn and open a floodgates and they start buying it in massive bulk because they can buy it at the bottom of the market. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're now at the point, he said, this bottom everybody has gotten into. Now, J.P. Morgan Chase, BlackRock, all of them, uh, Goldman Sachs, have now opened their Bitcoin trading desk. So now they're all starting to invest in it this summer. And he said, so once that money starts to come in, then it just skyrockets and it provides a much higher market cap. Mm-hmm. It just it goes it goes through the roof. To me, it made sense to me. It made sense. All right, uh, let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. It is LifeLock, LifeLock.com. Cybersecurity uh, is so difficult now. Everything is under attack. Your phone, I can't tell you um, how vulnerable you and your family are. Um, My family and I uh, experienced something um, this summer that is not going to be one of those things we look back and laugh on. Um, uh, we had, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, investigators in our house. Um, and we were um, attacked. Uh, and I haven't talked about it yet. And I, I, I will maybe this fall. Um, but it is truly frightening how vulnerable you are. I mean, I have, I have Cisco systems. I have firewalls. I, I have the money to protect myself. It, you, there's, there's, you, you have no idea how vulnerable we all are. It is truly remarkable. Uh, do not give your children a phone. I'll just leave it at that. Do not give your children a phone. If it's a smartphone, Get rid of it and give them a flip phone. But in my opinion, that's not even good enough. Anyway, um, there are so many threats in today's world and we're all connected. And it takes one weak link and they're inside. The new LifeLock Identity Theft Protection adds the power of Norton Security to help protect you against the threats to your identity and your devices that you can't easily see or fix on your own. And if you have a problem... Their agents are going to work to fix it. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats or prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But LifeLock with Norton Security is able to uncover the threats that you might otherwise miss. So go to LifeLock.com or call 1-800-LIFELOCK. Use the promo code BECK. 1-800-LIFELOCK. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Promo code BECK. Glenn Beck. Quickly in Indiana, uh, let's go to Nathan. Nathan, we only have about a minute. Go ahead. Hi, Glenn. Um, I just wanted to say thanks for hosting the crypto show. I've watched you for six, eight years now. Um, But I am only 20 years old. And so, you know, I was really excited when I saw you bring out the history of the technology stock market and um, saw that the crypto one was mimicking this. And I saw that, you know, being a millennial, I could put in couple hundred dollars in different stocks and be able to yeah. make um, some good profits at my age. 
Um, but my question was that being only 20 and being in college and not having um, big disposable income, yeah. you know, I want to follow what you and Tika say because I trust you guys. I've looked into him, done my research like you tell us to do, but I don't have you know $2,500 on sure. hand right now to be able to pay for that. So, so I, I tell you, that's why, that's why Tika gave a couple of things yesterday. That's why he gave the Bitcoin. You know, even if you just put $200 in Bitcoin, um, Ethereum and Dash are the other two that he recommended. Uh, and again, the whole idea, Nathan, is to not pour a lot of money into this. These things are so um, uh, unbelievably uh, volatile that it could uh, that it could really fall apart. By the way, it wasn't Ethereum. It was Litecoin and Dash. Litecoin, Dash and Bitcoin. Thanks, Nathan. You know, I have to tell you, it's been a hard week. It really has. It's been a hard week to look at America and, uh, and you know, the press and everything else and just go, what the hell is going on? What is going on in America? Can I give you some good news? This is the country that when the Soviets challenged us in space, we doubled down and we landed on the moon within a decade. Nobody thought it could be done. Yesterday's moonshot is today's oil rush. And the great thing is, is Americans are rising to the challenge in the same way we did back in the 1960s. OPEC tried to kill us. This is really so underreported. OPEC uh, and the Russians and the Saudis, they ramped up oil production back in 2014 to drive the frackers out of business. Sorry. Fracking is really effective, but it is also really expensive. At first, the plan was working until 2016, and then something happened in 2016. Oil rigs began coming back online. Oil production shot back up. OPEC was baffled. How, how are the Americans doing this? What, what is happening here? Answer, American ingenuity. We had invented technological breakthroughs that made fracking cheaper and more efficient. So now here's, here's the results. Here's where we stand today. Remember, we're running out of oil and we're never going to, you know, it's peak oil and blah, 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 blah. As of last month, U.S. oil production hit a record high. We are now pumping out 10.7 million barrels a day. We just leapfrogged the Saudis who are putting out 10.4 million barrels a day. Russia is now number one at 11.1, but we're hot on their heels. U.S. production is set to be 12 million by next year. We will be the number one oil producer in the world by 2019. The days of being held hostage, the days of having to go to war for oil, they're over. And that's not even... that's. Mainly because of Texas. The state of Texas alone is projected to put out 5.6 million barrels a day in the next 12 months. That's more than Iraq and Iran. In fact, if Texas were its own country, which I think it kind of is, it would be the number one, uh, sorry, be the number three oil producer in the world. Texas. We haven't even touched Alaska, California. So when, when people question American exceptionalism, look what we're doing and we're not destroying the environment. We're not poisoning the fishes and the land. 
we figured out a better, easier way to do it. Politicians from our own country are, are rising with the socialist left. They're, they're claiming now that we'd be better off with a different system. Tell me, tell me, what, what if anything has ever been accomplished uh, under socialism or communism? Did the Soviet Union go to the moon? What is it that Venezuela has invented? China is a pretty big socialist communist country. Why aren't they knocking on the door of the world's largest oil producer? Why didn't they invent the smartphone or create the Internet? Because there's something different about the Chinese. If there's any credibility to what these new American democratic socialists are saying, countries like China, Venezuela, Norway, even France, the UK should have accomplished way more than we have. But none of them have even come close. In fact, all those socialist countries are now sending us their sickest patients, even though our health care is a sick patient. It's all due to freedom. It's due to the free market. Square your shoulders, America. Take a bow. You're continuing to change the world and make it a better, safer, more efficient place. Even under hostile conditions. Just one innovation at a time. It's Friday, July 20th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. Uh, Bill O'Reilly is on vacation in uh, Ireland. And uh, as he said last week, I'm going to be on vacation. I'm going to be in Ireland. I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff. So I'm not going to be able to have a chance to be on the show. Uh, but there's really only so much drinking you can do. Uh, and uh, so Bill is with us now. Hello, Bill. You know I don't drink, Beck. Well, you're, but you're you in Ireland. I've so never... then why did you go? Because I, we found an uh, incredible thing. Uh-huh. The actual farm where my ancestors were evicted in 1845, wow. which led them to come to America. And uh, very emotional and took years to track it. And uh, it's in County Cavan, and that's where I was yesterday. So that's pretty, you know, it's amazing that, I mean, your family's been unpopular since 1845. That's... You know, and what's even more amazing is the white privilege atta- attached to being evicted from your land yes. by the British for not being able to pay your taxes. Yeah. Putting two 16-year-old twin boys on a boat in Galway to sail to Brooklyn by themselves. Never saw their mother again, father dead. All that white privilege attached to that is just amazing. Yeah, it really is. It really is. Tap it down just a bit there, Bill. Um, Thank you. Uh, we're glad to have you. It's been a really interesting week. I, I, I would love to hear Bill O'Reilly's perspective. Uh, you know, just starting just starting on Monday. Were you in Were you in uh, Ireland then? Yes, yeah. I was in Ireland. It's a good place to be because uh, you can see it from another perspective. Mm-hmm. The Irish people couldn't care less, by the way, and mm-hmm. I think that's generally around the world. They don't care about this story. There's actually two stories here. And the media, of course, never going to report either of them accurately. The first story is that the president of the United States really doesn't know what he thinks about Russia and Putin. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know. Yeah, that's a problem. So, that is a problem. So, it, yeah. It's not the way you problem. would be. 
it's a problem for him. It's a problem for the country. It's a yeah. problem for everybody. Right. Right. So he doesn't know, and he changes his perspective um, from hour to hour. Yeah. So that's story number one. Why he doesn't know, and of course I know why he doesn't know. Why doesn't he know? And the story number two is the unprecedented hatred of the media who really couldn't care less yeah. about Russia. Right. You know, they don't care about it. Right. Um, and they're using it as they use the border and the children. It's the same pattern of behavior. That's story number two. So where do you want to start? I want to go back to story number one. Why doesn't the president know? Number one, he is not steeped in the history of American-Russia relations. So he doesn't really know the dynamic that was in play from World War II onward. Not yeah, that kind of happened being, in his lifetime. He did, so. but he's a businessman. He's not uh, a okay. historian. Well, you All don't right? have to be. So, hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't actually have to be a historian to know Boris and Natasha bad. Do you? Okay, but it's more than that. He doesn't understand Vladimir Putin, who he is and what he wants. He can be told that, but he doesn't feel it, as the kids would say. All right. Number two, his emotional makeup is tied in with the Russian accusation that they threw the election to him. 100% it true. It makes him insane. Yep, 100% it, right. It, it, right. It, it drives him, him. It drives him. This is all, right. all this week has only been because he cannot separate the results of the election from anything said about Russia. He just can't do it. He thinks they're thank saying... God. He's th- yeah, he thinks that you're reading my columns on BillOReilly.com because that's absolutely correct. Yeah, well, you're calling. I came nailed out that on Monday. To re- he cannot separate what is happening in real time, as yes. they say. Yes. From the accusation that he really didn't win the election, Putin won it for him. So therefore, he's going to diminish any kind of threat from Russia. Mm-hmm. All right, and he's going to say. Um, I am going to make relations better between Russia and the United States. That's what's best for the country, which is true. But at the same time, you have to go out and state. It's so simple. When you're the president of the United States, you have to say the truth. You can't get away with saying, well, I don't know if the Russians hacked in. They did. You've got to say it. And when Putin says they didn't, all you look say is we have a difference of opinion on that. Period. You don't go in and insult Putin. You don't give him the three stooges under the chin and on top of the head. Hmm. You don't do that because you get nowhere. But you can say to the world, we have a difference of opinion and be strong. He chose, President Trump chose not to do that on Monday in Helsinki. And that is what has led to all of the chaos. So, Bill, what do you think of the theory that um, uh, Donald Trump 
and I, I want to be really careful here because I'm not saying he has the the uh, killer instinct that Putin has. But Donald Trump has a lot in common with Vladimir Putin as they're both businessmen in some way, in some regard. Um, they both just get it done. They don't like red tape. One kills to get things done. But Donald Trump is a guy who, you know, he's never killed. And I'm not saying it's mob or anything else, but he gets things done in New York that no one else can do. So he's kind of got that that cowboy attitude. Um, and so he kind of relates to uh, Putin. And I think Putin relates to uh, Putin is smart enough to play into that with Donald Trump. Look, dude, I've been around for a long time and I see what's happening. And you can't trust the press. And he's he'll play into that. And it would it just made me believe that there there is um, when he is when he is conf- confused or not able to separate from the election when he sees that the same people that are investigating this can find who hacked the dnc server but can't even check the emails and have had them in their possession for a year they can't seem to do anything that is at all connected with the dnc but man they can nail the dnc server guys pretty efficiently and quickly and they can sure say that there was collusion without any evidence but there's nothing on all of the others. I think I think if Putin sat down with Trump and he just said, you know, let me ask you this. Look, Donald, we didn't do this. And I, you know, look, I can relate to you. Look, I'm trashed by the press and people have my enemies and we're different, but we're not all that different. Uh, And, uh, you know, your real problem here is this Pakistani that was was in Washington, D.C., that that had the DNC servers. There's something going on there. Wouldn't Trump be more likely to say, yeah, damn it, yes, yes, I know there is something there, and I can't get but it from my the, intelligence service? Okay, but but that doesn't do Trump any good. The word that you're looking for to describe both Putin and Trump is ruthless, okay? And I'm not saying that President Trump is ruthless in the same way as Putin is. Yes. But in order to do what Trump has accomplished, you got to take no prisoners certain times. Yeah, he was, he, he was ruthless he, during the campaign. Ruthless. Yeah, you saw it. You yeah. saw it. Okay. So they do have that in common. And they also don't want red tape. They don't want people telling them they're wrong. Yeah. They don't want challenges. Right. There's a lot, of, a lot of commonality here. But what President Trump has to realize is that he's in a death march with the press. And here's the third story that has not been broken yet, but I'll break it on the Glenn Beck radio program. Live from Ireland. President Trump is going to run again, but he's not going to really run against a Democrat. He's going to run against the press. That's not news. And the decision for the American people is, do we want to vote against Trump and empower a corrupt press that has tried everything to remove him from office? Or do we not like Trump so much, his style, and we understand that he's not in full grasp of some issues, but we're not, we're going to vote for him because we hate the press more. Trump is going to run against the American media in 2020. 
That's the third story to emerge this week. All right. Uh, stand by Bill O'Reilly from uh, Ireland. I'm just going to put him on hold for a while because I want him to pay for the long distance charges because he won't. He's so rich. He won't even notice it. He really won't. Uh, our sponsor this half hour is Mercury Real Estate. Uh, home. Your home is the biggest investment that you know, you'll probably ever make. That's why there is realestateagentsitrust.com, because when you sell it or you're buying a new home, you need somebody that you can really trust. They make a significant difference in the outcome of buying or selling. And we have well over a thousand agents all over America who are just like you. They're fans of the show. They share your sensibilities. It's really going to be like meeting an old friend. The agents are fully vetted. They're handpicked by my team for their knowledge, their skill, and their track record. And thousands of families have already put realestateagentsitrust.com to the test. And it's pretty remarkable. Realestateagentsitrust.com already help families who are moving to another area, families who are taking care of their parents remotely or helping families get the most for their home as quickly as possible. So I want you to go to realestateagentsitrust.com. If you want to buy or sell a home, realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there now, realestateagentsitrust.com. Glenn Beck. We really appreciate uh, Bill O'Reilly taking time. Uh, He's on vacation. He's calling us from Ireland. uh, And we so appreciate the fact that he has taken uh, this valuable time away that he could be using to see Mamma Mia 2. Um, (laughs) And he is uh, with us. Hello, Bill. True. Yeah. Mm. All right. So, Bill. Uh, yeah. uh let, 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 let me go here. This is Andrea Mitchell, uh, yesterday, um, with, uh, with intelligence, our intelligence director Coates. Um, here's the audio of what happened as she was passed a note on stage. Listen. We have some breaking news. The white house has announced on Twitter that Vladimir Putin is coming to the white house in the fall. Say that again. <laughs> <laughs> You, Vladimir Putin, coming to the... Did I hear you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) That's going to be special. (laughs) What do you think about the invitation for for Vladimir Putin to come to the White House? Well, first of all, Coates is, uh, you know, one of the uh, group that advises... um, Trump on foreign policy and national security. Right. So he should have been given a heads up that this was in play. And he played it for laughs, uh, which the president did not appreciate, by the way. So I don't know about Coates' future. Although he likes Coates, um, I don't think that did him any good, Coates. Um, If Putin comes to Washington, uh, I don't care. I don't think anybody cares. I do expect them to do some reduction of nuclear arsenal stuff. Does it matter? No. Both countries are going to keep enough nukes to blow the world up 50 times over. So that's just symbolic. Maybe they'll work out some trade deals. Maybe um, somebody will do something in the Middle East that's good for the world. There's no downside. But is it a major thing? No, it's not. So, Bill, you just said the president doesn't know about these things. And what's given me confidence is at the very beginning, he had real bad people around him, but the bad people have really pretty much left. And he has really good advisors around him that now you can say he has some of the best people around him, um, but he doesn't seem to listen to them. Or, you know, as you said, coach should have known that 
the, the president's just going off on his own. And I mean, a president can do that yeah, because he doesn't feel that he has an obligation. You know, if somebody's in Aspen, Colorado, to track the person down and tell him that. So is it a big thing? No, but it always works against Trump. The word is methodical. You know, Obama was methodical. And Trump is the so opposite of that. He's, he just operates on, all right, we're going to do this, or we're going to do that. Um, and it's, I don't know, there, there's got to be more discipline imposed on the Oval Office, but there isn't anybody who can really do that. So that's the flaw in the Trump administration, the lack of discipline, the lack of messaging, and, and it all leads to this nonstop hatred directed at him, at, at Trump, which I believe Americans have had quite enough of. You know, when I saw that Whoopi Goldberg, uh, Janine Pirro thing yesterday, I know both of those women really well. And I've, you know, for years have had a pretty constructive dialogue with Whoopi Goldberg and Janine, I know, from working at Fox. Okay, so I want to take and this. I, you know, uh, hang on. I want to take this when we come back. I'm going to play that audio because it's amazing and then get your comments on it. Next. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. So Janine Pirro, how do you say her last name? Pirro. Pirro. Janine Pirro was uh, on uh, The View yesterday. She had a, um, uh, she has a new book out. And uh, Whoopi Goldberg uh, kind of lost her cool. Um, you know, Janine uh, said, uh, you know, you have Trump derangement syndrome. And here's what happened. How long has the deep state been there, and who's running it? Well, the, the, I want to answer your question because you gave you had to ask you a question. You I, I, your opening statement, which was how horrible it is that Donald Trump no, is talking no, no, about all you, of these I'm people. Sorry, you know baby, what that's I think what you said. Horrible? You said, well, but you know you what's said horrible? that it, when it people was, it's should okay. be here end it's, up murdering the children of American citizens. You know what's horrible? What's when, horrible when the president of the United States whips up people to beat the hell out of people. Say goodbye. Oh, so that was that went on for a while, and, uh, was, uh, and I don't think you need to to know about much more of that. Then, uh, after the commercial break, Whoopi came back and said, "This welcome back." So you saw me do something I very rarely do. I very rarely lose my cool, and I'm I'm not proud of mm. it. I don't like it. But mm-hmm. I also don't like being accused of being hysterical because okay, that's stop. one of the things I try not to be on this right. show. Okay, so um, <laughs> she was she only became hysterical because she doesn't like being called hysterical, um, <laughs> you know, which, which works that's, for me. That's pretty accurate. You know, the other time she became hysterical is when she walked out on me. Oh, that's right. Are, remember that? Yeah, that's right. Um, that's right. When I was on the program, they both left the stage, and Barbara right. Walters had to take over. And I was so happy. I said, this is great. You know, I mean, I know if we that. could get them permanently off. That would be great. <laughs> um, but the real um, problem here was after the show, when yes. um, she uh, confronted uh, Janine Pirro, who was trying to leave the ABC building in Manhattan, and said, uh, get the F out of the building. That's unacceptable, you know. She, she uh, didn't just say that. She didn't just say that. She also she spit on Janine. Well, I, I don't know about that. I can't. I wasn't there. I mean, she well, was. Those probably, are the reports today. Yes, but we we have to be, you know, very methodical. Okay. I know she said, "Get the f out of the building." Yes, I know that to be true. Yes, 
I don't know about any spittle. Mm-hmm. ABC has an obligation to stop this, and I'll tell you why. Because somebody's going to get killed. And the media chieftains have got to know that critical mass has been reached and someone is going to get hurt. Could have happened yesterday when Maxine Waters' crew, and I have dealt with those people before, showed up looking for a physical confrontation with some people who don't like Maxine Waters. The uh, people didn't show up, so instead Maxine Waters' crew hauled an American flag off a truck and burned it. The next step is physical violence and someone getting killed. The media chieftains, the people who run ABC, NBC, CBS, CNN, MSNBC, and Fox, have got to say, no more hate. If you're going to hate, don't show up for work. I would suspend Whoopi Goldberg for a week for what she did, because it is unprofessional, it is un-American. I don't care whether you disagree with uh, Janine Pirro, and whatever you say, you say. But don't threaten the woman after the show is over. That is not but quite, quite honestly behavior. Quite honestly, Bill. I mean, I don't know who watches this stuff. The, the, you know, Whoopi Goldberg yesterday. That was Jerry Springer. You know, they they all oh, Jerry Springer. So you were Jerry Springer. Yeah, was, you, you know who watches. They do about two and a half million people, which is nothing. All right. That's the same thing. The audience at late night is about two and a half to three million. That's all they're doing. All right. It's enough to make money. They play to a crew. All right, there's not one conservative or traditional American watching The View. It's all left, far left people. That's what it is. It's that way late night. It's that way day side. It's that way cable. All right, no longer do you have a show like Johnny Carson where everybody can watch it or Jay Leno. No, it's now polarized. But the hatred is so intense now, not only toward President Trump, but anyone who would support President Trump is now deemed to be the target of invective and threats. Anybody supporting President Trump is fair game to be harmed in this country. So got to stop. So can, you, can, you, can I ask her for some personal advice here, Bill? Because you like mixing it up with people. I don't. I really don't. I was the... I was the, you know, the kid in the family. I grew up in an alcoholic family that, you know, just tried to make everybody laugh. Hey, everything's okay. Look over here. Look over here. Um, and so I really don't like confrontation. I, I obviously pick the wrong job to do. Um, but I'm getting all kinds of pressure. I, I mean, unbelievable pressure from my publisher. You got to go on The View when your book comes out. And I'm like, I have nothing to say to these people. They're not going to listen. They're not going to. The audience isn't going to buy the book. What are you talking about? Why would I put myself in that situation? They're, 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 they're is, they are incapable of having a conversation with sure. someone who disagrees with their worldview. They just want to put every wrong that anybody on the right has ever done onto your shoulders. Well, first of all, your publisher is ridiculous. I have a book coming out the same day your book's coming out, September yeah. 18th. Right. Killing the SS. Are you going? I'm not going to go on to view. No. Oh, you used to. That. Oh, wow, you used to. I used to, but it's now totally different. Behar was always a problem. Always. Always. Behar hated you if you weren't a liberal. Yes. From the jump. Yes. But Barbara Walters 
even Goldberg um, and and the other lady they had, it, it was an interchangeable thing. They were all right. And and Walters, because she ran the show, could temper um, Joy Behar. So you could do it. You could get on there, have a few laughs, make fun of them. My great line of Joy Behar was, isn't your name Joy? Aren't you supposed to be joyful? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now you can't do it. So you go on Colbert. Oh, you go on any of these shows, they're going to attack you personally. Personal attacks. That's what they're going to do. Because their audience apparently wants to see that. And some of the right-wing guys on talk radio, they do the same thing. All right? They tear you to pieces with innuendo, with accusation, if you don't see the world the way they see it. This has got to stop. And the only one who can stop it are the media chieftains, the people who run the organizations. And I'm telling you, it's going to get violent. It is heading there. Never in the history of our republic has there been hatred directed at a president that we're seeing now. Mm, Ever. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. No. No, and I'll tell you how, I'll tell you why that's not true. Because Abraham Lincoln was in a war. He was fighting a war. So you would expect that the side that he's fighting against are going to try to kill him. Which yeah, they okay. Did. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll give you but that. This but... is, yes. This isn't, there, there is no physical war happening. Yes. So no, no president has faced this kind of – and it's organized. It's an organized hatred between Hollywood, New York, running the news media, and the print media. Wait a minute. The three I, of them. I don't believe that there is a. You don't. You're not saying that there is a. That they're calling each other up and organizing. It's just that they all are walking in lockstep. They all just believe the same no, thing. No, no, and, no. But they're not walking in lockstep. They're being ordered, okay, subtly ordered to to get Trump. Who is ordering the them? The New York Times and the Washington Post. Look, the Washington Post runs an op-ed by Joe Scarborough yesterday. What? Why? Why? For what reason? You know Scarborough is making money hating Trump, which is exactly what he did in the op-ed. Now, if I called up the Washington Post and said, look, I'd like an op-ed, you know, because I don't... Never in a million years Correct. would I get that. Correct. Okay? So the, the message goes out. Get him. Get him. And all of the people have the message. If you go on CNN... If you're Cuomo at 9 o'clock and go, you know what? President Trump did something really good today, and I want to tell you about it. You're toast. All right? You're toast. You can't do it. So to give Fox some credit, they do have people on their air anchoring programs who do slam Trump. So this, this accusation that Fox News does whatever Trump wants is, is a lie. But the others are in lockstep, to use your word. So, um, Bill, what happens? Because when I saw the reaction on Monday of the press, and I saw that they they came out, and, you know, th- this week they're saying this is as, this is as bad as, uh, uh, as Pearl Harbor or Kristallnacht. <laughs> I know. Okay. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. Look, think back. Since the Vietnam War, the Democratic Party has not favored confrontation with a foreign nation one time. They went along with the Saddam Hussein stuff because of 
But there isn't one time that the Democratic Party has favored confrontation with a foreign power. Mm-hmm. All right? Ask Ronald Reagan. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. But now, suddenly, the Democratic Party wants to invade Siberia. Nancy Pelosi is going to land on that beach, and they're going to run in and take care of Putin. Are you blanking kidding me? Okay? So anybody who knows anything about American politics knows there's one thing only in play here. Get Trump out of office. That's it. Not about Putin. Not about Crimea. Not about anything else. Get him out. If you've got to use the kids on the border, you use the kids on the border. You've got to use Putin in Helsinki. That's what you do. And next week it'll be something else, Beck. It'll be something else. And it all comes back to get him out. So, uh, Bill. He embarrassed t- us. He won the election. We were all against him. We, the media, are not going to tolerate. We're going to destroy him. Well, they're they're not That's going what to happen to me on Fox News. I Beck. know, but they're not going to destroy him. And in fact, I think they're going to end up destroying themselves uh, well, in the process because to, Trump's going to run against them in 2020. Yeah, and and he will win because people um, just I've never seen uh, a situation where someone can take a bully and make him look like he's the victim, and that's what the press has done. I mean, if Donald Trump is ruthless. He's ruthless. But to a lot of Americans, they're looking at this fight and they're like, you're so unreasonable, unhinged. You are you're you've gone crazy. I'm with him. It's it's I've never seen anything like it. Never seen anything like that, it. You're at, what you just said is 100 percent correct. And I am stunned in Dublin, Ireland. Mm hmm. That Glenn Beck has put it so eloquently. Mm, well, so Bill, I've been re- I've been reading your book, and uh, I, I will tell you, it's really, really good. It's a frustrating book to read because it's one of those books that you read and you want to read with Google because you're like, that ah, can't. It's Bill O'Reilly book. That can't be right. And uh, I, I just, it's taking me off into all kinds of offshoots. It's really good. Uh, I can't wait for it to Thank come you. out. Yeah. Uh, well, killing the SS is is about evil. And we're seeing evil in our world today, unprecedented, except for the period of time that I'm writing about in Killing the SS. And I just want to remind everybody, like you say, it's a Bill O'Reilly book. There are 17 million copies of the Killing series in print. 17 million. So we stand by every word that we have ever written. And, you know, these people are jealous and they don't like me or they don't like whatever. <laughs> but I appreciate you reading the book. I know yeah. how busy you are, Beck, yeah. you know, doing what you do. Yeah, well, it's it's uh, it's good. Uh, Killing the SS comes out uh, September 18th from Bill O'Reilly from joining us from uh, from some bar. Maybe. Dublin, maybe. No, no, no. What? Don't give me. Don't let the people think I'm some lush. <laughs> I don't drink. You're Irish. I know, but I don't drink and I don't take narcotics. <laughs> I and don't I just take live my life. In I don't know, life. man. I can see you in a public restroom down by the toilet shooting heroin. I mean, think of that <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in your suit. In your suit, I can see that. Uh, Bill O'Reilly, Nobody thanks. Would sell it to me back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks, Bill. <laughs> you, All right, we'll see you next week. You got it. Bye bye. 
I got to stop this stuff, man. I had this I had this thought that I saw Bill O'Reilly coming and asking me for some heroin. I got to stop. It's getting crazy. Um, let me tell you about uh, the uh, feedback from the Palm Beach letter and Tika Tuari's crypto course. Now, we had it wasn't a crypto course last night. What we had was a, a special event. And it was on the crypto conspiracy. And I, I didn't even know why he wanted to call it the crypto conspiracy until, you know, I'm watching it with him. Uh, it's amazing what is happening and how the rich are getting richer on cryptocurrency and how these banks and, you know, Goldman Sachs and everything else are telling you not to buy it. Uh, all the while, don't listen to what they say. Listen to what they're doing. Watch what they're doing. Uh, they're gobbling it up now, gobbling it up. And it's just getting started. Anyway, about 97% of the people who are in this audience who have taken the crypto course, have given it a four or five star rating. Um, the lessons are really easy to understand. If you are at the ground level and you're like, okay, I don't really understand cryptocurrency. I don't even know how to buy it. I don't know how to sell it. What does it mean? What is What does blockchain mean? Take the Smart Crypto Course. It's free. Just go to smartcryptocourse.com or call 877-PBL-BECK. 877-PBL-BECK. Get more information or go to smartcryptocourse.com. Glenn Beck. Pat, you have to choose one. You come home this weekend and your, uh, your wife says to you, honey, I made plans. Unfortunately, I double booked. You have to pick one. We have to do one or the other. Uh, and you say, okay. And she says, uh, we're having dinner with Whoopi Goldberg mm-hmm. or we're going to see Mamma Mia too. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Which one? Yeah. I'm going to Mamma Mia too. You're going to Mamma yeah, Mia I too. Am. Yeah. I am. Yeah. I might because I could just sleep. Maybe I could. Yes. I have a chance of falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so at least you have that chance. Right. So is a if you're having dinner with Whoopi Goldberg, there is a choice. Mamma Mia too. Everybody else, don't go. Glenn Beck. It's Friday, July 20th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Hello, America. Welcome to the program. I'm really glad that you have uh, joined us. Uh, Sarah, if 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 you have the uh, doctor on, let, let's, let's uh, talk to the doctor in a few minutes. Um, uh, yeah, I really want to talk to the family first. If you will, sorry for that, but we're just trying to get guests on, and they didn't get on until the very last minute, so I have to give some behind-the-scenes instruction here. Um, we have this amazing story. You have them all? Okay, good. Uh, so let's uh, let's start with uh, Jeremy and uh, Julie uh, Lewis, uh, who are Texans who a, a summer eight years ago, it was in August, um, their seven-year-old son died from something that appears to be very, very rare um, and when it does happen, people don't necessarily have the answers and, uh, it, it, it shouldn't necessarily end in death as it did here. Uh, Jeremy and, uh, Julie Lewis, welcome to the program. How are you? Good, Mr. Beck. How are you doing this morning? I'm good. I'm good. Um, first of all, um, sorry for, you know, the loss of your son. I can't imagine what it is like to lose a child. I hope I never have to find out. Um, you guys, uh, were just enjoying a regular summer and what happened? Uh, we, we decided to take one last trip. Um, and we visited two spots. We visited a lake and a river in Texas. Um, and it was, we've said very, uh, before that it was one of the best vacations that we've ever taken. Mm. Um, when we got home, 
Uh, Kyle started second grade. He went to school Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We had a baseball scrimmage. He played one of the best baseball games he'd ever played in his life. Um, and then Thursday morning, he woke up with a headache, uh, and it progressed to high spiky fevers, vomiting, um, which just, you know, I mean, that's a normal, something normal kids get. They just yeah. get colds. And yeah. originally that's what we thought it was and, and until it wasn't. And we decided to, our pediatrician told us to take him into the emergency room and, and they did. And, um, immediately they could tell something was, uh, a little more wrong than just a cold. Um, so they decided to quarantine him. Um, and then fr- from there, the, it just, it, it progressively got worse. How, how long was this process? We went in on Thursday night. Uh, Julie took Kyle to Cook Children's Hospital in Fort Worth on Thursday night. Um, and he was gone Sunday morning at 11, 11. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So That's- go ahead. That that's the thing about this amoeba and the, and and the you know Pam and um, it, it acts so quickly that um, one of the other fathers of a child that they lost in Florida um, he said it best he said when you realize what it is it's too late uh, well or it was for us um, because back then you know seven years ago we didn't have the drug that we have now. Um, but it's just, it's, it's devastating. If anybody knew Kyle the way that we knew Kyle, was, his hair was on fire and, and you couldn't hold the kid down unless you duct taped him to a tree, yeah. um, which I actually did. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it, it takes these kiddos and, and it, it, it's horrible. Like you said, you hope you never have to go through it. It's worst case scenario. We're not supposed to bury our kids. Um, it's just, it's devastating. So um, there's a, a special done by a, a friend of mine who is uh, producing this special, uh, Darren Foster, who used to produce for me uh, eons ago. Um, he's doing this medical miniseries uh, on, uh, on HLN, and it premieres Sunday, and it's Something's Killing Me. And it's the, these medical mysteries that, you know, we, we're, we're able to find now or we're able to cure that uh, have been plaguing us for uh, quite some time. Um, Julie, are you there? I am. So, can can you tell me as a as a mom what what was this and and what happened? To us, we thought he maybe just had a cold or a flu, and then that evening when they told me he might have viral meningitis, huh. we thought he was going to sleep it off and maybe get some medication and go home and become the rambunctious boy again that we knew, but. Everything changed that Sunday morning, and they didn't actually find this amoeba until after he had passed away. Really? Um, and the world changed forever at that moment. And they didn't have the drug then, but they do now? No. They do now, yes. Um, there w- there's been lots of studies for many, many years, and there were some things that did help to kill the amoeba, but it's such rapid destruction that it wasn't timely enough and um it, it's fatal um, so this this actually this this amoeba actually eats the brain it yeah it multiplies um itself and destroys the brain and it yeah. and how did it get into kyle through the river or it, um well we know it's 
present in the river and the lake that we were in, um, present in most fresh bodies of water, but it goes up, if it gets up the nose through the olfactory nerve, it's when it starts its destruction. That makes me never want to get into a river or a lake again. <laughs> yeah. I grew, you know, we grew up in Texas, and, and we were always in a lake. We were always in a river. I was in a cattle pond. Uh, you know, it's never, it's never something you think about. But after we learn, um, you know, one of the taglines that, that everybody always uses is that, that it's so rare, it's so rare. You know, and in the grand scheme of things, when you look at how many cases have been correctly identified, it is. I'll go along with that. But what's even scarier, Glenn, is that when, when these kids go into the hospitals, the doctors have no idea. They're not thinking about it because their whole life, their whole medical career, all they've heard and all they've ever been told is, is that rare. it's so rare. So that's, what so, I, like, so, so that's what I was kind of asking Julie or Jeremy, whichever one can answer this, is well, how did it manifest itself that, we, that, that a parent could see, wait a minute, wait a minute, this is something different? You know, it's, 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 it's one of those things. Uh, we were in the hospital, and we got a text message from Julie's mom, and, and she's Saturday mid-morning. Um, she, she actually said, look, you guys were in fresh bodies of water. These are his symptoms. She found it on Google, and <laughs> she, she said this is it. When we were in the hospital on Saturday afternoon, Glenn, I showed the phone, my wife's phone, to the doctor, and the doctor looked at us and said, Mr. and Mrs. Lewis, if your son had this, he would already be dead. Uh. 24 hours later, my son is gone. And so what I was saying earlier is that it goes misdiagnosed far greater than it goes correctly diagnosed because you literally have three to four days in the hospital before anybody knows what's going on. The right. kid's already so far lost that wow. nobody can do anything. Kyle was in the hospital on Sunday, and he passed. He lost brain activity at 5.30 or 6 in the morning. They didn't find the amoeba in his spinal fluid until eleven or yeah, around eleven uh, ten o'clock, nine o'clock. Wow. Um, and so, what one of our other deals that, that the foundation has done is, and, and we had help from other foundations in Florida. We found this drug in the CDC. We found this drug um, that the CDC had. Um, it was just one of those things to where. Um, it was such, there was so much red tape that the CDC had to go through right. and, and, and positively identify it by, and, and then get the drug. Well, but like I just said, by the time you, you positively identify it, it's too late. So we found the, the drug in, uh, Canada. They, we found out that it was going to be coming to the U S our foundation and another foundation have successfully put that medication which is miltethazine, in how many states? I don't know, but I think it's like 20 different hospitals. 20 different hospitals in, in six or seven states. Mm. And the reason we wanted to do that is we started an initiative that if, if we can go in as a nonprofit organization, as, as the parents, then what we, what we want is I wanted a star, basically, in the United States. I wanted one in the north, one or two in Texas, one or two in Florida, and one or two in California. And then somewhere in the in the, the middle of the U.S. and we have that. We have California. We have Florida, Texas, Oklahoma, South Carolina, North Carolina, Colorado, um, and, and 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 now Nebraska. Okay, I've got to I've got to uh, move on. I hate to I hate to do this to you. 
Um, but Jeremy and uh, uh, Julie, thank you so much for, um, you know, taking something really tragic and making it into something good. You can find out more about what they're doing and you can help uh, and find out more about this at KyleCares.com, K-Y-L-E, cares.com. I really quickly, uh, we, we have uh, Dr. Jennifer Cope on uh, with us. And I just quickly want to get, you know, the the doctor's uh, perspective uh, on this, on uh, what the difference is, what people should look for. We have uh, uh, Dr. Cope on with us now. Doctor, how are you? Jennifer, are you there? I am. Hi. I am. Yes. So, so welcome to the program. So, um, how... You know, Jeremy was saying, oh, it's, it's, they're saying it's rare, but it's probably mis, misdiagnosed. Is this something we should be worried about when we get our kids into the river and to the lakes? Well, it's certainly something. Fortunately, we, it, it is um, a very a serious illness, as, as you heard from the Lewises, and, and we certainly um, empathize with them at the, the loss of their son. Um, we just see, fortunately, just see a handful of cases each year. Um, but because of the seriousness of it, we do think it's something people should be aware of when they do um, get into the water in the summer. Um, and there are, you know, just there are a few things that uh, people can do to, to potentially minimize uh, the risk of contracting this. Like, like what? Well, the first, the, the only absolute way to really to to keep from getting this uh, amoebic infection is to keep your head out of the water because uh, as you heard the water um, the amoeba gains access to the body um, in the when water goes up the nose um, and into the brain so really the only way is to keep that keep the head above water um, but we realize that there are a lot of activities that involve putting the head underwater as well as you know things that where water gets up the nose and so some things you can do to minimize the water getting up the nose is either holding your nose or using nose clips when you're doing those types of activities. Um, the other thing is if you're going into the other body of water you might want to think about is hot springs. This is an amoeba that really thrives in warm water. So, and is, they, and it, so, mm-hmm. so is this like if you're going up to, let's say, the Finger Lakes or the Great Lakes, and uh, or especially the Finger Lakes where it gets really, really cold, does this amoeba die in cold? Is it only in hot, uh, warmer climates or is this all over the country? Well, um, it, it really thrives in those warmer water temperatures. Um, when in colder water temperatures, it doesn't necessarily die. It, um, it has a couple life forms, and it becomes, in colder and less uh, favorable conditions, it becomes a cyst form. Um, and that cyst can persist. That, that allows it to withstand those harsher conditions. Um, and so when the water becomes warm again, it could, it could um, c- come back to life in, in the form where it does infect people. Um, and and, but we do think it's really it's during the warmer weather seasons in the in the warmer parts of the country, although we have seen it um, in more northern states. And recently. so when somebody so we don't have a bunch of people taking their sick kids to the hospital saying, I've got an amoeba that's eating my brain. Um, are there any specific signs that you look for? Well, really, so. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's not a specific sign. What what it would be is is a type of meningitis, which has okay. um, general symptoms of headache, nausea, vomiting that are obviously very common to a number of different illnesses. The the big thing with spinal meningitis, though, is you you know, is it sore? Is it hurt to turn your head? Um, and that's a you know, that's a big sign that's 
that sets it apart. Is there anything like that? That is certainly a part of any type of meningitis, although that's maybe a little bit of a later sign um, and something that, you know, not everyone experiences. The key would be when if you develop, if your child or you develop that sort of those sort of symptoms and you're seeking medical attention, the key is to mention that that you might have had water exposure in the past few days or week. Um, So at least this diagnosis can be considered. Okay, just a personal question here. You're an infectious disease doctor at the CDC. At mm-hmm. what point in your life did you go, I want to specialize in infectious diseases? It just does not sound, I don't know, safe. It just doesn't sound safe. Well, believe it or not, there's a lot of us that really do enjoy the study of infectious diseases. Um. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm sure they are. I just, I'm wondering what it, I mean, what attracted you to, I mean, do you go like to, do you, or do you study things like Ebola and everything else? Um, I, uh, the, obviously the CDC studies that that's not my particular area of, of study, but, um, I, you know, during that time, a number of us at, at the agency did re- participate in that response. Jeez, um, God bless you. I mean, <laughs> thank you for doing things that uh, most of us would never do. Thank you for that. Uh, Dr. Jennifer Cope with the uh, CDC. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you for having me. You bet. Uh, by the way, you watch uh, this. It's a new uh, medical uh, mystery series called Something's Killing Me with B.D. Wong. It's Sunday, 8 p.m. only on HLN. And again, the um, uh, the um, uh, the Lewis Foundation for, uh, for Kyle that's really doing some amazing stuff is KyleCares.com. All right, I want to take a moment here to mention our sponsor. Um, our sponsor is Casper. Casper um, Casper knows that if you sleep on their mattress, if you really sleep on your mattress, uh, you're going to uh, you're going to discover that you're going to get a better night's sleep than on most mattresses. But if you go into a store, I mean, what it, I mean, what are you doing? You're wearing your clothes, you're laying on it for ten minutes, and you can't tell anything. I mean, I, you can get a comfortable chair and you're sitting in the chair and you're like, oh, this is the greatest. Then go, I'll go take it home, sit in and watch a couple of movies in it and uh, see how your back feels. It, is, it can change dramatically once you're actually using it day after day. That's why they have the 100 night sleep test every night for 100 nights. And if you don't love it, you call them, they refund all of the money and they take the Casper mattress back uh, and there's no questions asked. They want you to have an amazing sleep like I have every single night with a Casper mattress. It ships free right to your door. You, uh, you know, you, you're not going to sweat all night. I'm saying this as a man who is sleeping in a Casper mattress, uh, and it's 110 outside, and I am sleeping like I sleep during the winter. I'm not sweating, and I hate those foam mattresses. You've had one of those mattresses, Pat. Oh, Yes. Oh, my gosh. You wake up drenched. In a swim, swimming pool of uh, a sweat. sweat. Oh, it's awful. With perhaps just... brain-eating amoeba <laughs> Okay, all well, over you didn't you. need to throw that in. Uh, anyway, Casper has reinvented that. This is breathable, and so it has the same support and comfort, but it is uh, it's just better. They've got the pressure points all worked out, and it's breathable. Save $50 on select mattresses right now if you use the promo code back at Casper.com. Again, save 50 bucks casper.com promo code back terms and conditions to apply 
You know, I have to apologize to you. Uh, a couple of days ago, one of our producers pitched this uh, story of the brain-eating amoeba uh, to me, and I was like, uh, well, you know, it's a Texas couple, and it, yeah, I mean, they're just normal people, and it happened, and blah, blah, blah. I No, I apologize, because now... Now, all I'm going to be thinking for the rest of summer is my kids' children, my children's brains are going to be eaten by an amoeba. Um, you know, God, God, get, no, 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 don't get in the pool. Don't get in the pool. Don't get in the pool. Yeah, because the good news is not only is it freshwater rivers and lakes, it's also your pool. swimming pool. If right. it's not properly maintained, you can, can have this amoeba. And it's a little chilling that 97% of all the people that, got, that contracted this from 62 to 2016 died you're not helping 97 percent. you're not helping scary yeah i have you know my my wife when she wanted a, a a salt water pool instead i don't want all those chemicals in the pool and blah 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 blah, blah. and i'm like will, will salt kill everything it's supposed to be? yes honey <laughs> <sighs> so now you know now that i have a grandchildren and you know you see the grandkids get out and you know they're just peeing as they're getting out of the pool, you're like, okay. Um, and I'm not sure the salt is doing all of that. And I have a friend who's, uh, mm. they're building a pool and they've decided to have a fresh water pool. Have you heard of this? It's a, it's, it's a mm. fresh water pond. So you build it like a pool, but somehow or another you build it with these, I don't know, these flower beds around it on like three sides. And the plants filter the water so, so the, the water <clears throat> goes through the plant system yeah, so, and so then into the pool i guess it like Isn't it, it murky circulates and dirty after that apparently not i don't know huh. i mean i've seen it you you look up freshwater pools <laughs> you just look it up online and you'll see it and they look nice and you know everything but i don't know i mean are they filtering out amoebas i just i you know there's a there's a place where chemicals Mm-hmm. are your friend yeah <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. there is a place i love the natural stuff and everything else but there's probably some germs that we should be killing uh in this and the brain-eating amoeba is maybe should be on the top of our list i'm just saying this is the glenn Beck program so 49th anniversary of the moon landing i'm sorry 49th anniversary of Hollywood uh, acting like we landed on the moon. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> we all know it's done on a soundstage. You know, there is it, it, this a new study out. There are more. You, it's easier to find Democrats uh, who believe uh, who, who believe we didn't go to the moon than there are those who uh, are considered patriotic, love the Constitution. Really proud of the country, love the flag. That's pretty remarkable. It's pretty remarkable. It's also despicable. And oh my pathetic. gosh! Why the hate? Why the? Why the? Pathetic. Hate? Why? Just because they? Just because they think? Because they're anti-American? Just because they think differently than you? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's amazing is we really don't have anything to argue about unless. You want to get rid of the Bill of Rights. If you want to get rid of the Bill of Rights, then we have lot. We, in fact, we have lots to argue about and probably lots to fight about. Um, but if if you agree with the Bill of Rights and that they should be applied equally to all men, then we don't have anything to argue about because you're not going to shut me down and I'm not going to shut you down. 
Mm-hmm. And there's tons that we can disagree on. But remember, we wanted to focus on our, all of our differences. This is what happens with multiculturalism. Yep. You focus on your differences until that's all that's left. We need to focus on our unum. We need, this is what my book is about. Um, it comes out September 18th. You can grab it on Amazon right now. Pre-order a copy uh, of uh, my latest book called Addicted to Outrage. But it is the search for our unum. Stop concentrating on the things that divide us. Do you believe in free speech? If you do, then I'm going to put you to the test. I'm going to show you people who say things that are really not good. Really not good. So you're advocating shutting them up. Shutting no. them up completely. No, I've never had their mouths had a, I've, surgically sewn shut. I've have them removed. Why would you yeah. sew them shut? They could cut right. those Thank you. stitches yes. open. You remove their mouths. Um, I, I, what I'm I'm suggesting is Louis Farrakhan is a dangerous man. I have never advocated for him to be silenced. Never. Okay. So why, if he can say those things, if he can say those things, why can't I say what I believe? Now, I know there's, there's hate speech, but there's not hate speech. There's just speech. There's just speech. There's hate crimes. No, there's not hate crimes. There's just crime. That's what there is. Crime. I don't care why you killed that person. You killed that person. Is it? Oh, yes, but he did it with hate in his heart. Oh, you mean that person over there? O.J. Simpson chopped her head off with love? That wasn't a hate crime? That doesn't make any sense. They're both dead. You did it. I don't really care what your motivation was. Unless it was self-defense. If, if you understand the Bill of Rights... See, this is the real problem... People don't understand. We don't need amendments to the Constitution. We just need to pay attention to the first 10. Because almost everything of consequence after that, that's not a rule change like, you know, you can't run for more than two terms as president. Those things I accept. But like the, you know, the 14th Amendment and the uh, the 19th Amendment, we didn't need those. Oh, Glenn Beck wants to take us back to slavery. No. What part of all men don't you understand? The the founders always, they wrote it. They wrote it very clearly. And I swear to you, all of the amendments after the 10th, with an exception of rule changes, they're all like, okay, all right, let me know. Okay, I guess you're too dumb to understand. We meant black people, too. Uh, we, We meant women, too. It's just, it's craziness. It is absolute craziness. And we're sitting here killing each other. I don't know if you saw what uh, Mark Duplass um, uh, tweeted, but there's this big Twitter war going on. Stop it. So Mark Duplass is a friend. I, I mean, it's not like we hang out with each other, but we've, we've talked several times. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I should say maybe we're allies. And he's a filmmaker. In case you yes. don't know who he is. Uh, he's a great filmmaker. A great filmmaker. Makes a lot of stuff for... And he's acted in movies. And, yeah, yeah. He, so. He's really good. Look him up. He and his brother, they're really good. Um, I don't agree with him on stuff. He's He is a liberal. I don't agree mm-hmm. with him. But we both agree on the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. 
Okay, so what are we killing each other over? So he's on this kick, kind of like like I have been on. Can we just can we can we lower the temperature here? Can we just lower the temperature? Can we not find good things in people? So yesterday, he was under attack because he wrote, fellow liberals, uh, if you're interested at all in crossing the aisle, you should consider following Ben Shapiro. I don't agree with him on much, but he's a genuine person who once helped me for no other reason than to be nice. He doesn't bend the truth. His intentions are good. Oh, my. Oh, the humanity. Oh, the humanity. How did they come down on him? Oh, Oof. oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was. They were calling Ben Shapiro a white supremacist. Yeah. Based on what? Yeah. Give me one example of his white supremacy. It, yeah, he was homophobe, it, it, all that kind of oh stuff. Oh, my gosh. He was called all kinds of names. And so Mark Taplas hours and hours later after just being pummeled by the mob he wrote so that tweet was a disaster i want to clear that i am in no way endorsing hatred racism homophobia xenophobia or any kind of intolerance my goal has always been to spread unity understanding and kindness i'm going to make mistakes along the way sometimes i move too quickly when i get excited or fail to do enough research or i don't communicate myself clearly i'm really sorry i understand that i need to be more diligent and careful I'm working on that, but I do deeply believe in bipartisan understanding and will continue to do my best to promote peace and decency in the world. That said, I hear you, and I want to say thank you to those who reached out with constructive criticism. I have genuinely learned so much and wish everyone in this the best. Mark Duplass. So it was courageous. And deleted the Shapiro. And deleted uh, the Shapiro thing. Mm -hmm. So it was courageous for him to try, but the next step, courage leads to to heroism uh and uh he didn't take that final step into being heroic courage means i'm gonna go in and face the mob and i know i'm probably gonna be unpopular for this heroism is when you stand your ground so Mm. he didn't stand his ground but i give him points for for doing it in the first place and not giving up so here's Ben Shapiro's uh, response. Do you have the audio of Ben Shapiro? Yeah, I think that Mark's a nice guy from, from what I can tell. He, he came into our offices a couple of months ago because he was doing a project about guns and gun control and he wanted kind of the right wing Second Amendment view. So he came in, we talked for about an hour and a half, and then he took off. I told him at the time that it's probably good that people don't know that we met since folks in Hollywood are not particularly fond of people on the right and any association with people on the right is not going to work out well. Uh, he sort of tweeted that out unsolicited. Like, I hadn't talked with him uh, since that day, actually, since folks in Hollywood are not particularly fond of people on the right and any association with people on the right is not going to work out well. Uh, he sort of tweeted that out unsolicited. Like, I hadn't talked with him uh, since that day, actually. Uh, and the blowback on Twitter was from a lot of his Hollywood friends, a lot of people uh, on the far left. And just as we've seen many, many times, the sort of mob mentality rules on Twitter. And he promptly deleted that tweet after probably an hour or two. Uh, and then this morning, he put up a full apology. That was after I texted him last night, by the way, and told him that I didn't, I didn't mind that he deleted the tweet, considering he still has to work in this town, and Hollywood isn't fond of people who are friendly to anybody across the aisle. Uh, he, he put up a, a full apology for ever, for ever having suggested that I was a, a nice person who had, uh, who had views worth listening to. So that was wonderful. 
I don't blame Duplass for, for pulling down the tweet. I didn't ask him to make the nice tweet in the first place. Uh, I, I feel bad for the guy, honestly. I mean, he, he's sort of stuck between a rock and a hard place in that he made a decent statement, and then everybody on the left came down on him, and he still wants to work in the town. Okay. So now, here's heroism. Here's heroism. Brett Weinstein, a guy who uh, plays a pretty big part in uh, my upcoming book, um, and uh, is a guy I have not talked to. Uh, I have corresponded with him a couple of times, um, but I, I don't want to. I, I want to talk to him on the air with you for the first time because we should, on paper, hate each other's guts. Should hate each other's guts. He is a um, he is a left wing professor from Evergreen College, which which really. It really does. It makes Berkeley look like Liberty University. Um, and he was what he went through at, at uh, Evergreen when he dared to stand up and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're you're telling white people to stay home. That doesn't make any sense. And then when they insisted that he call a. A woman, a man, because they chose to be identified as a man. He's an evolutionary biologist. And he's like, well, when did the science change? And that didn't go over well. And he, he risked his life to stand in that college. Literally, when you hear this guy's story, it'll blow your mind. He risked his life. He left the university. His wife left the university. You know, they they have not changed their point of view on their on their belief, their policy or anything else. But they know the the, the destruction firsthand. So yesterday when he saw this, uh, Brett uh, tweeted this. No, Mark, you had it right the first time. Listening to those you disagree with is key to enlightenment and progress. Punishing people who show curiosity is part of a, a, a cynical agenda that requires us to remain divided and cartoonish to each other. The backlash was not about Shapiro. It was about you breaking ranks. That, in my opinion, is a hero. Because he has everything to lose. When, when you find people in the media, I don't care if they are left or right, and they are taking a stand that they are getting beaten to death for, even if you don't agree with that stand, applaud them. Applaud them. We need to start exercising a muscle of standing up against a mob. And there is a mob on both sides. Now, one is an experienced mob. The, the you know, Occupy Wall Street and Antifa have, uh, have been a mob for a very long time, especially Antifa. Since long, literally since long before I was born. But the right's developing one, too. If you disagree with anything and you step out of line, you're done. You're a traitor. We cannot use we cannot use that language with each other. I'm going to avoid the people on the alt right. I know who they are. 
I know the earmarks of them. I, I know when I hear people starting to circle the drain of the alt-right because the language is very specific. Same with the social justice warriors that are circling the drain that are going towards Antifa and violence. And violence is being taught now in Washington on both sides. The, the, the verbal beatings on both sides and the left is getting more and more. I mean, look at Maxine Waters. She, they, while she didn't call for violence, she did call for mobs. And you have to stand up against it. Because if you don't stand up now, it's only going to get harder. You must exercise the, the muscles in your spine or around your spine. You must stand for those who are facing the mob. I want to talk to you a little bit about Simply Safe, a company that just obsesses over the details. The glass break sensor. I, I've always wondered, how do they know the difference between I drop a glass in the kitchen or somebody, you know, breaks a window in my kitchen? Well, I didn't know that, you know, the, I assumed that I couldn't you know, necessarily tell the difference. How could a glass break sensor do that? Um, but it's worse than even I thought. Most glass break sensors can go off when babies start to cry. I don't know what kind of baby you've got, but uh, my baby doesn't sound like glass breaking. Thank God. Um, however, when they cry, I have thought about breaking glass so I could get out. Um, but anyway, uh, they've developed a glass break test facility before they launched theirs. They ran over 10,000 live glass break simulations. So um, what they did is they, I guess, had somebody standing in and just breaking plates, breaking glasses until they could they could hone this thing so it could distinguish between a broken plate and a broken window. This is how they obsess, and this is why they have the best service out there. It's simply safe. It's an alarm system that uh, you own, and you never have to think about it. It's really uh, intuitive. It has 24-7 monitoring with police and fire dispatch if you want it. It's $15 a month. Uh, there's no contract with it. It's the best around-the-clock protection that you can find. Visit simplysafebeck.com. If you use simplysafebeck.com, you're going to get 10% off your Simply Safe home security system. It's simplysafebeck.com. Save 10%. Simplysafebeck.com. Mm. Glenn Beck. So, you and me, Mamma Mia 2, afternoon showing? Absolutely. Uh, Meryl Streep, Cher. Cher's in it. Yeah. Lovely person. Beautiful. Lover politics. Phenomenal. And still super sexy at 90 or whatever oh, she is. That yeah. doesn't even begin to sum it up. Yeah. Can't mm. wait. Mama Mia, too. You just don't <laughs> want to miss it. Glenn Beck. Mercury.